In Europe, though, Cuban cigars are more picked up from the smoke shops than any other cigar. And let's talk a little bit about that because that's a little different than our market here. Yeah. Well, the reason is because we have them. I mean, that's as easy as... No, I wouldn't say they're not popular here because everybody, like every American smoker that I talk to, they, they just, yeah, I have a Cuban cigar. That's pretty awesome. Right. Yeah. They're, yeah, so every, they're, they're pretty sought it. after, you know, but, but obviously they're not the same. They don't have the same volume here. You're listening to Box Press, where we are passionate about cigars and how to care for them. Welcome to Box Press. My name is Rob Gagne, and I have a special guest today here, Benny Patok from our Bova to Own. He does all of our international relationships across the pond, and he's going to talk a little bit today about Cuban cigars and how it's different uh, there versus here, and also some of the uh, nuances of Cuban cigars, which we are all interested in, in for sure. Did you say Gagne? Gagne, really? yeah. You it's know what? That, yeah, I know it means to win. I'm always winning. Yeah. Twenty four seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome, Benny. Pleasure. Glad All to right. be here. Cool. Tell us a little bit about how you got um, started in cigars, as far as your industry, and how you ended up actually getting in with Bovida then, and being part of our international relationships there. Yeah, sure. So actually, I started my well, I started now, but I, like my first cigar, I smoked in Cuba. And it's a funny story because my, my, my dad, I was at the like beginning of my 20s, you know, it, it was 99, 2000-ish. And, and I just started studying and my dad was like, hey, I have this great idea. We go on a family vacation, you know, you, you your sister, your mother and I. And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay, okay, okay. I, I thought that, that this would be your reaction. So because we actually going to Cuba, you know, all inclusive. You know, everything covered, five-star hotel, right at the beach, uh, have trips to Havana, trips to tobacco fields. And he, he's not a smoker, but, you know, Cuban cigars, and we're going to talk about this. Right. They have this this mantra, you know, they yeah. have this, this, this fame. And so I reconsidered, actually. Yeah, you'd spark my interest if you posed that trip to me. Yeah. Like, for sure, family trip, no problem. There are probably Cuban. more than one person in this building that would probably join me <laughs> on that proposal. <laughs> Yeah, or maybe even out there, you never know. Um, so I went, and it was awesome, honestly. And, and because I mean, it's a beautiful country, and and we went to visit the tobacco fields, and obviously I, I bought a bunch of cigars there. And when, then we went to Havana, and I bought a bunch of cigars there. Not that I smoked, you know. It's just right. it's part of the yeah. touristy thing, right? It's buy everybody. some souvenirs. Yeah, buy some souvenirs, and. There was one, one night out, you know, we just at the beach partying and then went to a nightclub. So I actually brought one of the cigars. Then you could still smoke there everywhere. Right. So, um, and, and lit, the, lit the cigar. It actually was a, a Romeo Juliet Churchill tube. Nice. I remember that. Oh, yeah. And I smoked it in the club and it was just awesome, awesome. Night. Just dancing, drinking rum and coke, you know, <laughs> and then just going out to the beach, have another cigar. And this is actually, and it ended here, you know. In, right. in between, I started the cigar business. Um, roughly six six years ago, something like this. Sure. It's, um, went on to become one of the biggest online retailers for cigars in, in, in Germany and like Central Europe, pretty much. And the um, and and this is where my my relationship with Boveda actually started because we were selling Boveda, and I'm you know I, I used it since since I knew about it. I used it pretty much because it's so easy, so perfect as a product. Because I'm like. I'm such a lazy guy when it comes to cigars. You know? 
and I don't like to refill all the spill and all the stuff. Yeah. And I just want something that's just off my hat. So whenever, when I took the decision actually to leave the company, you know, uh, Tim and Sean, they just approached me and said, hey, why don't you work for us? And this was like the easiest decision. It was just as easy as getting onto the plane to Cuba, actually. Right. You know, that was pretty much the same. Right. So now I'm here. And now it's good because now you can force me to be on the podcast. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So we just strong-armed him into being in here. I know you don't really like to be in front of the camera, but, you know, thank mm. you for making this presence. Mm. And uh, for those of you listening in podcast world, go ahead and check out our videos out at uh, our YouTube page, Boveda Inc. So, Benny... We're smoking Cuban cigars, but what are we smoking, and why is there a secondary band on it? Yeah, so we we are smoking a Vegas Robaina. This is a torpedo form, um, torpedo size. And a uh, second band is because it's an Exclusivo Suiza, which is mean, which means uh, like Swiss exclusive. So it's a uh, every year um, the there will be. Um, like a special set of cigars usually it's it's a special size for each one of one another different markets you know so we have one for germany one for switzerland not every market gets one every year but um and this one is actually from if i'm not mistaken it's probably from 14 2014 or 2013 something like this okay Uh, if i'm not mistaken so and this is where, so usually Cuban cigars just have one ring, and special editions, if you so, will have a second ring, sometimes a third ring, you know, if it's right. uh, something that is aged or something like this. So. And that second ring is this red band that says that Exclusivo Swiss. Yeah, so just in Switzerland, exclusive to Switzerland, pretty much. Yeah. So, and they have, I know you can go to Habanos.com and, and look up all the different reasons why they have specialty bands. Some of them are for the retailers like this one is. Some of them are for um, different blends that they have and, and other things like that or different events to that line that they're doing something that's more special than the other stuff that they normally do in that line. True. Um, so let's talk a little bit about why are Cuban cigars more popular in Europe versus the non-Cuban cigars. So we know why they're not popular or as popular here because we have an embargo, so we can't compete with like that. You know, obviously it's unfair to ask why are they more popular in Europe than America. So in Europe, though, Cuban cigars are more picked up from the smoke shops than any other cigar. And let's talk a little bit about that because that's a little different than our market here. Yeah, well, the reason is because we have them. I mean, that's as easy. No, I wouldn't say they're not popular here because everybody, like every American smoker that I talk to, they they just yeah, I have a Cuban cigar. That's pretty awesome. Right? Yeah, they're yeah. So they're, they're, they're pretty sought it. after, you know. But but obviously they're not the same. They don't have the same volume here. Um, we'll see what's going to happen at some point. You never know. Um, but exactly. It's it's basically because well the cigars as we know them today they they come from Cuba. You know this is where it originated. Everything like. The, the big factories, it's all, this is the right. history is just there, you know, and since, I mean, you guys had Cuban cigars until the embargo, right. right? It just stopped. So everything that came afterwards with um, means of like marketing and distribution, you know, um, you just skipped that basically. Whereas yeah. in, in Europe, we just had them all the time. Right. And we just had, in the beginning, we just had Cuban cigars and some German like made. Yep. Um, and then with the embargo, you know, the Davidoffs and Dunhills, they went from Cuba to the DR and started their production there. Right. And then from the DR, they went to Nicaragua, 
to Honduras to the yeah. other countries. So um, this is why they're so popular because it's it's kind of historically grown. Right. So you would in, in Europe if you if you ask someone on the street about a cigar, they would always reference to Cuban cigar. Right. Like it must be if you ask someone what's the best cigar, they would probably say Cohiba, even though they right. never have seen one never smoked one smoked one yeah. yeah so you said something interesting last night though when we were together you said um, about bringing in non-cuban cigars into europe and how the price point can play a role into whether or not that cigar is going to succeed so theoretically most people are going to pick up a cuban and talk a little bit about that like from the european perspective if they're going to go into a smoke shop and grab something they kind of have like a judgment like well if it costs this much i might as well just grab a cuban and mm -hmm. it's probably because of how long they've smoked cubans how much um time that they've had with experiencing that brand yeah, uh, versus these new brands that are coming in and in america it's like the new brands coming in we want to try them they're great you know or maybe they're not great i don't know um from what you're smoking but mm -hmm. it's kind of different in america you want to try these new brands or these boutique brands whereas in europe it's not so much the case at a certain price point right well it we have people that are very curious about new cigars all the time you know it's just we have different if you, different clusters or target groups or you know that's all marketing blah so different right. types of people who, who smoke cigars right you have more conservative smokers yep um who were brought up with with cuban cigars and they're pretty much the epitome of luxury sure you know when it comes to cigars just from the historical standing yep. and and obviously and, and cuban tobacco from cuban salt is fantastic right. it can be fantastic you know it's if you have a well-aged cuban cigar it's just superb there's a key word the, there that you said is well-aged cuban cigar yeah. and that's another thing we should talk about i don't know if i cut yeah. you off but maybe let's just talk yes, about you that did, actually. i apologize you want no, to finish okay. i apologize yeah i will finish all right go ahead at some point no no worries um yeah the thing is that so and since it's such such an established thing cuban cigars and also established luxury good you know so it has a specific price point so they're they're expensive you know compared to you know, I would say if average 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 price point of a cigar is probably around five euro, so that's like six seven dollars. Okay. Uh, Cuban cigars are way above that. You know, the sure. average average Cuban cigars, um, and they're the most popular. The most popular cigar, even though the very most popular Cuban cigar, which is the Romeo Julieta Milflor, it's a cheaper one uh, for historical reasons. But um, like the bigger bigger ring gauges, they get like 15, 20, you know, right. without a problem. Like a Cohiba Robusto is above 20 euro. Wow. Yeah. So it's, um, so it has, a, it, it leaves out a certain demographic. If you say, well, so if you're younger sure. you, and don't earn much money, you know, yeah. you would probably, you know, set a, like a buck aside from time to time to actually buy Cuban, like a Cohiba Robusto or whatever, you know, for a specific event or reason. Sure. But you would not smoke this every day. Right, so so this this actually comes comes into it. So, from my experience being in the industry, every every non-Cuban cigar that is so magical price point is around ten euro. So every cigar okay. is probably pretty much the same as in the U.S. Ten ten bucks is also pretty much like a, a price yeah. point, right? Above that, right. you feel it's kind of expensive, and we have the same in euro. So, for every every non-Cuban that comes in that is above ten bucks, ten euro, sure, um, it's tough. You know, because right. these 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 guys that smoke more expensive cigars, um, they were they were just hooked on the on the Cubans, you know, because right. they they learned, you know, they grew up with it, and then they would probably smoke something else, but they would just come back to the Cubans. 
Right. It's what they want to smoke. It's their yeah. flavor profile. It's more. It's more about your your character. Are you more conservative? You know, right. or you know, more adventurous? And and what do you seek? You know, you go to a restaurant and have the same pizza every day. Right. Yeah. Or we go for the lasagna at one time. Yeah. Maybe right. it's good. You have it another day. You know, right. Maybe not. But you're not going to switch from pizza, right? Yeah. Well, pizza is pizza. Yeah. <laughs> not to compare Cuban cigar with pizza. It's no. probably a very expensive pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Cuban but, cigars. Well, there's some really good pizza. pizza out there. We exactly. had some good pizza here. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So back to Cuban cigars and aging mm -hmm. them. Why, why do we see uh, um, a lot of people wanting to age Cuban cigars? And you had noted a little bit about the production. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. First of all, like aging is not only like a Cuban phenomenon, right? I mean, right, there's a yeah. big, there's, it's, it's like a, almost philosophical. Some people believe in aging, some people don't. The thing about the Cuban cigars is that due to, I would say, fun financial restrictions that they have, you know, they need to actually put these into, you know, hot dollar value or well, it's dollars actually, yeah. So uh, I would say peso, but they're not paid in peso. So you don't, they don't get the time, you know, as, as you would get in Nicaragua or the DR to set the tobacco aside for like a couple of years, you know, if you take some of the Padron tobacco that is aged for like 10 years plus, stuff like this. So you, they don't just have the time. So most of the time they're just getting rolled and shipped. So if you get... You, you can see it at the bottom of, of, a, of a box. Luckily, we have one here. Yeah, I, had, I have a box here that shows uh, timestamp, if I have this up correctly, of when these were made. So, yeah, so you December see the, of 2013. Yeah, you see the, the, the print. So the, the first three letters is basically the factory code. Oh. And then it's the month, December, which means December. And then gotcha. 13 is a day. No, Wonderful. it's a year. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this is from 2013, which is old, you know. So right. it has had been aged. So this box had been aged in a humidor since then with bovida, actually. Nice. I hope, right? Yes. Always with bovida. Yes. Yes. So. Nope. The, the thing is that if you if you, the the argument about aging is or aging tobacco. Everybody knows that you have to cure tobacco properly, you know, just to lose all the ammonia and all these type of the byproducts that come from the fermentation. Right. And and especially the ammonia that that goes first. I mean, have you been? Do you have been to a factory? Right. I mean, if you go to, I a, have not. You have not, so you have to go. Not been you to should, a factory. Yeah, I will talk to your boss about this. Wonderful. You have to go because if you go to, you know, some of the um, curing and aging rooms, I mean, you just especially, you know, like, <laughs> this is tough sometimes because all the ammonia that's getting out there is really biting your eyes and nostrils right. everything is just like really i've heard that from people yeah they it's, just say it's, it's overwhelming they it's get in nasty. there it's like wow it's really nasty sometimes and the temperature of some of the do they call it pilones that yeah. are piles of tobacco but this is really for for when they store it and cure it then it's not that bad anymore but when it's just coming fresh out of the you know the the the, the drying barn basically right it has to a lot of like blah, ammonia in there and this will take like if there's a really great book um, by the very famous Cuban collector, uh, Minron Nee. Um, he has the, it's called the Illustrator and Illustrated Encyclopedia of Post-Revolutionary Havana Cigars. Very long name. Wow. And it's a fantastic, fantastic book. Everybody out there, if you get your hands on one of those, you should buy it. You know, mm -hmm. it's, 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 I think it, it, it's pretty much gone. Sure. You know, we had one at the office and it's, pretty, you see every Cuban cigar 
sure. for a certain period of time with pictures. He's one of the biggest collectors of, of Cuban cigars wow. in the, on the planet, actually. Based in, based in Hong Kong, if I'm not mistaken. So it's uh, uh, fantastic. And he describes the different phases, uh, you know, from 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 of tobacco aging, like cigar aging. And the first couple of years, two or three years, um, you just mainly use ammonia, you know, in, in the process. But it's, so if you don't have time to age the tobacco well, right. you still have a lot of the ammonia in a cigar. And this happens to many Cuban cigars if you just buy them off the shelf, you know. So sure. you can always check, luckily, you know, with the with the right. box head on the bottom. So many, many Cuban cigars, in my opinion, are not well aged when they hit the market, you know. And okay. what you do is then you age them yourself. So they take this and put this responsibility onto your shoulders sure you know and and it's but it's okay you know people don't mind right that's that's, that's the fun thing about it um there's even a, a a friend that i have he has a cigar block in switzerland and if he rates when he rates cigars it's basically he would not take the ammonia into account and said well it's not the fault of the cigar you know because i haven't aged it Ah. You know, what other people, if you talk to some people in the industry, especially here in the United States, yeah, yeah, and this is, of course, they're not believing to aging, like, rolled cigars because you have to age the tobacco before it, you know, if I right. have a cigar, I don't want to wait four, five, six years, maybe, before I can smoke it. I know, it, I yeah. don't, I'm impatient. Yeah. I want to smoke it right away. Yeah. But it's nice to see that then, the aging then does take a different characteristic oh, yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course, not every cigar is, is actually predestined to be, be aged. Right. Know, so, um, exactly. But the Cuban tobacco has a potential because it's also relatively strong, you know, compared to some of the other regions. Even though, you know, like in the DR, you can find very strong tobacco today, and and Nicaragua, you find very strong tobacco. If you smoke some of the stuff that Pepin right makes, you know, or you know that or Pete, Pete Johnson especially, he's a fan of strong cigars. Exactly. But also, you, I saw your podcast with uh, about the, the LFD cigars. You know, Lido yeah. and Tony. They make super strong cigars. I know. You know yeah. These are, these are just they're fantastic. I love them. Right. But I remember, you know, like putting them down sometimes because I had a shiver, you know, I really, know. because it's a lot of nicotine <laughs> that is just... So, Tony... That, that just hit you. <laughs> yeah. So, that's a good, good point. I mean, Cuban cigars, and a lot of people will say this, they're more strong. They have more nicotine, man. When I smoke a Cuban cigar, blah, 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 this happens. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily, that's kind of a myth a little bit, you know, it can be true. Yeah. Do you think this is strong? Not at all. See? I would give this to anybody who is just starting out smoking. It's got wonderful flavor. It's well balanced. A little bit of cedar in there for me, mm. um, but really good, smooth flavors coming out of it. Um, not getting a, you know, Lito Gomez uh, double the hero here. Um, <laughs> so... Let's uh, kind of the de- chapter. What is that? Like the chapter one or he's got the chapter of those? One and, yeah, chapter one and chapter two, fantastic, and then he's got the fantastic cigars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. So let's talk a little bit about that with uh, Cuban cigars and that myth. Well, it's it is like historically it's true. You know, the tobacco that came or that still comes out of Cuba tends to be a little bit stronger than you know. Um, that comes out of the R, but I mean, you can make very strong cigars. First of all, you have probably have to talk about what does strength actually mean, you know, because yeah. many, many smokers exactly. out there have this, I mean, have this notion of, you know, if it has like strong flavor profile, then it's a strong cigar. Whereas when I say strong cigar, I mean like a, like a lot of nicotine. Yeah, nicotine feel. You know, and the nicotine actually 
you, you, you don't feel that in your mouth, you feel it in your nose, actually. Right. Right? So if you retrohale the smoke of cigar, the punch that you feel, that's the nicotine kicking in. Right. And, and this is the strength of a cigar. This mm-hmm. is, you know, some people say, yeah, it's the, the, the sensation I have in my throat, you know, but actually nicotine, you would sense it with your, with your nose. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the thing. And, and the, the Cuban tobacco from Cuban soil has a lot of nicotine at some point. It's mm. true. But in the meantime, you can have the same effect, you know, with, with Dominican cigars or Nicaraguan cigars. So it's not historically, yes. Um, I mean, it's like the same myth with like a, a, a shade grown wrapper. You know, if you have a light, like a brighter cigar, it's always a lighter cigar. Right. Whereas a dark cigar is, is a strong cigar, mm-hmm. which is not true. Because yeah. it's not, the strength does not come from the wrapper, right? Exactly. It's, it comes from what is the, inside. The color on the outside doesn't de- depict what's going to happen with the strength or the flavor profile of the cigar yeah. when you smoke it. So, good point. Um, so, Benny, may, maybe many of our guests don't know, but you are from Germany, correct? That is correct. Hometown. Well, hometown is Frankfurt. I live in Berlin though, now for eight, nine years, something like this, which is awesome. You all, you all should come. If you, if you come, let me know. You know, send, send Rob a message, <laughs> <laughs> PA to Mr. Patok. And you will forward it. <laughs> you have a few guests this month. <laughs> yeah, you, and, you'll be my bouncer. And you'll get free Cuban I, cigars when you go to visit him. So it's a wonderful visit to have. No. <laughs> no, I always, honestly, if you come to Berlin and feel to hit me up just feel free to do it wonderful so let's talk a little bit about what's the culture like that uh in germany and europe and and for cigars is it similar to america is it different Mm. it is different it is really different in my opinion of course i mean it's like we're, we're just because where we're coming from with uh we talked about it, right, with the Cuban cigars being a premium product, and this is right. what dominates the market. So, um, predominantly, there are two main notions or images that people have. You know, people that are not cigar smokers have about cigar smokers in, 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 in Europe, and Germany especially, because Germany is a very conservative country. Sure. Um, and this is either you're one of those business tycoon, hotshot, high-rolling Got a lot of type money. of guys, you know. Cigars. Like, yeah. Like fancy sign watch, a huge, sign a huge deals in your office, you know, Gordon Gecko type yeah. of character. And the other thing is that people tell what people tell me is that you know, my, my grandfather he used to smoke cigars, so it's not like here where you have these rock star type of people, you know, that have like skulls and tattoos. And <laughs> there you go, but we, we now have them. Some of the younger guys that, that just you sure. know, follow that. Um, come up with it and and luckily we have uh, quite a few young people that you know are very open-minded and just go and and experience um, like the the, the variety of what is out there but um, traditionally it's it's really like this you know and this is I mean it has this image for a reason you know always a certain niche of truth to every you know to every myth or rumor or whatever in most of the places not every time don't listen to everything you know (laughs) Um, but it's it's really different because if you, if you hear, for instance, um, one of the, one of the stories I like to share with that is, I, I flew to IPCPR, which is a big tobacco show here in Las Vegas. In, in case you don't know, and I, I think it was American Airlines. Oh, well, okay. it could be any other airline, though. We're not making advertising here. <laughs> um, and they had an in-flight magazine where they advertised a, I don't know, it was like a 
long distance learning program for and like power negotiation skills, how to become successful. Oh well, yeah, this type of things. I gotta get that. And yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> At some point. <laughs> yeah, I have to go. No, but um, and as a visual for this ad, they used a gal wearing a suit and holding up a cigar. Oh, she's got the power now. Yeah, so she's successful, yeah, she's power. powerful, successful, and the cigar is that. So. For you guys, what, at least what I experienced, I mean, you, cigars are so much more in the middle of, of everything you do. So if you have like baby born, got to have a cigar. Yeah. Bachelor party, got to have a cigar. Wedding, got to have a cigar. Exactly. You know, uh, sign a big deal or at the golf course or something, right. just, just have a cigar. And even if you're not, if, if, if you had a wedding and you're not a cigar smoker, you would still smoke a cigar, you know, it's right. it's just part of it. You know, it's part of the game. Like a rite of passage, like, hey, I'm doing yeah. this, I'm going to celebrate with this cigar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you just celebrate. And it's, it's, and it doesn't have all these high class, you know. Right. It doesn't necessarily have that. And and, and in Germany, it's, it's 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 different, you know. People, you would actually see a lot of people like smoking cigars, you know, outside just to keep the ash on. It's, and many people that I talk to from the industry that come to Europe, especially to Germany, they would say that, well, the, the people they appreciate the cigars so much, they so much into that thing. It's a because it's a smaller demographic that just you know it's right. a, it's more of a niche really yes well as here it's pretty much it's i wouldn't say it's too broad but it's really broad especially like so many it people know yeah yeah so many people know know about cigars or have smoked cigars you know and, and in germany if, if i smoke a cigar at, at the bar or something like this people will look at me so huh and tell them yeah i actually yeah. am in the cigar industry like what you don't look like somebody that's in the cigar industry. Okay, so oh. how does somebody look that isn't so cigar industry? So you don't industry? look powerful like the girl in the magazine. Yeah, you got to work on that, Benny. Mm. That's yeah, right. because I didn't get the long distance learning. Yeah, CD no, you didn't set. buy the video, did you? No, I didn't. <laughs> Should have done that. We both, yeah. Well, I'm wearing flannels, so I don't know <laughs> if I could be passed as a cigar smoker in Germany either. Yeah, but you have a beard. You look, oh, old. Yeah? you look old. No, I'm just I kidding. Did. Yes, I am wise beyond my years, Benny. Mm. Good. Mm, that's what I heard. Well, that's interesting. So I like hearing stuff like that because here in America, mm. of course, you know, we do have the different se sections of people that smoke cigars. And uh, it's interesting to see that some of that is still the same. Do you think, Benny, that... I have to say, though, it's funny because at cigar events, I mean, I've been to the cigar events in a couple of continents even, and, and you still have some of like the same characters that go there. You know, you always have like the wise guy that knows everything, you know, but oh, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, he knows every, every little yeah. detail, every story of the brand. Yeah. You always have just the guy that just sits there in his chair with a cigar, doesn't say anything. Exactly. And just zips his rum or whiskey, you know, uh -huh. and is not participating in anything. He just wants to learn, sit down and smoke my cigar. Right. And then you have the guy that just comes for the freebie, you know, and yeah. you have the same characters. <laughs> <laughs> pretty yeah. much all across the board yeah so this is kind of funny sorry but interrupted you no that's all right that's good that's a good point because there are different characters at every smoke shop always and i want to talk a little bit about that as well because i feel like sometimes people could feel a little bit intimidated by picking up a cigar in a smoke shop right where all these people who know what they're doing and and how to do it and how to like cut it right and all this other stuff yeah like i don't know anything about that so it's like i'm not gonna go into the lion's den yeah. and start gnawing on yeah. some you know yeah like, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so totally. do you have that same issue in yeah, europe totally. as well and totally how do I mean, you get also, past teaching maybe a newbie 
to, to be comfortable with that? Or do you just need to open up the invitation? Yeah. So first of all, you could write a book about it. That's what I did. Yeah, so you did. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. You didn't know. I, I yeah. did know. But, yeah. you know, I'm, I have to tell you, it needs to be translated in English. It's true. It would be really cool if it was. It's true. Otherwise, it might take me 25 years to read it in yeah. German. Yeah. If I could even get through a sentence. Yeah. But, but that's probably like me making videos in German here. That's yeah. kind of weird. Not, not going to no, happen. Not going to happen. You don't want to release the book to America? No, I mean, I, I probably would. The, the idea behind the book is pretty simple it's, it's actually it's called the cigar book for beginners if you would translate it literally and it's it just had all the questions that i had pretty much and all the questions that we encountered like when i was in the cigar business you know yeah. because we had so many consumers um just asking us so how do you light it how do you I cut it, it? Uh, how am i supposed to smoke it do i put Even, it out like is a it cigarette okay? yeah is it is it okay if if you know, I put it down. How often do I yeah. puff it? How how often do I puff it? Once a minute. I love that answer. It's yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. man, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally break that rule all the time. Yeah. If I'm really jonesing on a cigar, I'm like, whoa, I gotta slow down. I really like the way this tastes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the the thing is that there are no real rules, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just about you enjoying your moment there. Yeah, I mean, you can screw up a cigar though. I mean, if you scorch the side of it or if you cut it wrong and. Yeah, it starts to unravel and blow up. So there are a few things that you should just get familiar with, but there's like YouTube videos on it. Um, it's really pretty simple, but yeah, knocking down that barrier. Yeah, it's just the key. thing. But one other thing is that most of it gives it a certain elitist type of touch. Yeah, you like know, you know it, what you're doing. Yeah, it's just that, okay, okay, you have to be careful not to catch too mu- cut too much. I mean, it, it, if you cut too much, okay, it could dismantle, you know. Right. Unraveling. But you can still smoke it. It looks stupid, <laughs> you know? And you have tobacco all over your teeth. You look at it if you ate spinach, you know? But Maybe that's why those people at the bar didn't believe that you were in the cigar industry. Because were I had you, tobacco in my teeth. Smoking like a half-unraveled cigar that exploded and, yeah, yes. tobacco in your teeth. I might just drop it in the middle of a podcast. You <laughs> well, know? you know, that happens yeah. too. <laughs> that happens too. No, but, so none of us are perfect. Yeah. And uh, yeah, let that be known. Benny dropped his cigar in the middle of this podcast. <laughs> we'll, it's pretty we'll, funny. We'll, we'll, I played through it though. I kept going. Yeah, I was we just totally, cut it out. We just cut totally it out. legit. There will be, if you continue to watch the podcast, it's sorry for you guys, you're just on audio, yeah, you know, no. but if you continue to watch the podcast at the final episode, whenever that will be, you will see the footage. You know, we keep that as a goodie. <laughs> the blooper reel. Yeah, you keep that as buddy. Yeah, that's this would it's be. It's blackmail for Benny. Yeah. Hey, Benny. So I have to do the German videos, this. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't release a German video once a month, mm-hmm. you're just sending out this blooper reel. All right. No, but exactly. Like the thing is with the cigar, it's just for you to enjoy, right? It's just we talked about it. I mean, it's it's like many people have questions about storing cigars. I mean, this is. Oh, of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is what you get all every day, time. all the time. And we got the same. And this is why I'm so thankful for Boveda because it takes so many question marks out of the equation, right? Yeah. But even with Boveda, you, you have the opportunity and the possibility to play around with it depending on, you know, the status of right. your humidor and the climate you're in and all these type of... And you, if, for instance, if you have cigars that you like to have a little bit dry, you use a different, you know, humidity level. Right. And some of the cigars you like to have a little bit more humid, you know, you just use a different pack. And at the end of the day, it's just, well, everything that you do with the cigar, how you, how you store it, the way you cut it the way you light it how often you puff on it just has an effect on on its taste exactly so and if you like 
how it's if, if you have like a fresh Cuban cigar that it still has a lot of ammonia if you like it that way right. it's fine who am I to argue with you who are you to argue with me exactly. about my taste you know at yeah. the end of the day it's just about me enjoying my cigar and I've noticed that a lot when I'm smoking um, especially lighter cigars something that has a very subtle flavor profile like that honey graham cracker kind of profile or that light bread if I smoke it too fast it gets bitter and yeah. so I have to coach myself to like, okay, slow down because I know I don't want that from this right now because I tasted, you know, honey bread, graham cracker before. Mm. So I'll give it that one to two minutes in between mm -hmm. uh, to get that flavor profile to still come through because you're right. It gets too hot. It might change flavor. Yeah. You know, all that stuff does play a big role into it. So I do think it's funny when some people say, well, I didn't like that cigar. Yeah. It tasted real bitter. It's like, well, maybe it was you. You know, Could maybe be. it was your style of smoking. Maybe Could you be, should yeah. look at that. Or maybe it's too dry. Uh, ex exactly. Too dry. It could be a lot of things, but mm. it's fun. I don't ever write a cigar off just once. Yeah. I have to at least try it two or three times. Mm -hmm. And if I don't like something, then I'm going to like manipulate it. I'm either going to increase the RH or decrease the RH, or I'm going to smoke it slower, um, maybe pair it with a different drink even. Yeah. So that's exactly. I mean, really you smoke the same cigar the same day at a different time, right? Depending on your mood, even sometimes it tastes differently. Depending on what you've eaten before. If you're distracted or not, that's another good point. Like yeah. sometimes I'll be smoking something while I'm doing some work. Yeah, like on a podcast. I, yeah, like right now. You're so stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, actually, this one tastes pretty good. I can pretty focus <laughs> in on this one. Uh, but no, yeah, I think that does play a role, and in, to be. Um, open-minded as a cigar consumer mm. that that does play a role oh yeah I mean, for me for important. me it's i mean it's come back to the example with a pizza right i mean for me it, it comes down to your character really so I'm, I'm not judging if you say well this is what i like and i'm not you know i don't want to smoke anything else this is perfect for me then okay i have this friend he, he just loves cherry coke with his cigars yeah I mean, go with it. Yeah, go. I mean, it takes away a lot of the flavors. In yeah, my opinion, some people you know? but cringe it's the same. that Take, you're you you mentioned you mentioned a drink. You know, some people just like very heavily peated whiskey with their cigars. Right. I think it takes away a lot of the flavor of a cigar. But right. it really comes down to what type. You know, how do you how do you like your flavor profile? Do you like like different aromas that are, that are in line, or do you like them when they complement each other? So if you have a sweet rum that pretty much complements more of the, the darker flavors of a cigar or do you have like something that just goes in line and actually enhances it a little bit more right. you know so so it all comes down to personal taste at the end yeah agreed mm -hmm. i did get a question and in fact um a couple i got one question here from an instagram user at anthony joseph 16 asks us should you rotate your cigars in your humidor mm -hmm. what do you think benny I have my own personal preference, but like you... rotate in terms of, like, turn them like a champagne bottle or rotate you know in, in terms of... This is open for interpretation, right? But, mm -hmm. so, let's talk about that. You mean rotating the cigar, will that do anything? Or should we rotate, like, top to bottom? Yeah. You know, like, in with the old, out with the new kind of a thing? Yeah. Or how should... Should we be rotating them? Yeah. Well, for me, and again, this is personal. Right. Um, it comes down a how big is a humidor right and how do you humidify you know if you if you use just the stupid sponge <laughs> wait yeah. it's, it's 
it's one of the most stupid creatures that are out there. It's just yeah. you just pull water and then it has like ninety something, and then it magically, you know, and you don't know what happens. It just drops at some point, and then exactly, yeah, you have to measure all the time and take care of it. Ugh. So, yeah. So, for instance, what I do, I use my bobida in the bottom of humidor because humid air, you know, it goes to the top. Not many people are aware of this. It's also because most of humidor are designed to have the hum- humidification device in the in the lid, right? Yeah. For logistical reasons, it's easier to put them there you know it's makes right sense. but actually it's better if you put them in the bottom because then you know if at least in a, like a like tabletop humidor it's actually easy you know you just put one of the cedar holders that we have or the, the, the metal ones whatever you mm-hmm. fancy and then just put the cigars right there the good thing about the boba for instance is that because you can never over humidify so you can just put them right even on there right. if you wanted to and they will never be over 69 percent uh, or yep. something like this. So, but if you have a sponge and it has like this really yeah. wet part of it, you know, then of course you might rotate them even in the humidor. It all depends also how sophisticated of a smoker are you, right? Yeah, will you notice a difference at all? I mean, that's that's the question. Exactly. So, and and are you willing to put in the extra effort? So, answer to the question would be, it all depends. No, but yeah, it, on, does. On, it, it depends. But honestly, it's. Um, rotated cigars. For me, it comes down to your humidor and the humidification that you use. It's a good you know, point. How, how well it circulates within the humidor. If you have good circulation of humidity, let's talk about that because yeah. we've done testing mm-hmm. here in our innovation center. When you put bovin inside, like a fifty or hundred count humidor, the moisture gets distributed evenly. Mm-hmm. You know, like relative humidity on the outside in the environment likes to rise and fall. Yeah. Unfortunately, when we're in, or actually fortunately, when we're inside a humidor, whether you put it on the top or the bottom, it pushes it to either or. But there's an exception. If you have a top tray and it's chock full of cigars, yeah. you got to know that, okay, the path of least resistance, folks, you know, like it's not going to just get through the cigars on the top and then the top tray and then down. Of course. So there is a sense of like it does make sense to put them in with the cigars. And I get this question a lot in cool, uh, not coolidors, winadors. Hmm. They have drawers mm-hmm. and they're using the 320 in there, but then they say, well, inside my drawer, it's lower RH. Well, it's just because it's harder to get the moisture in there. Mm-hmm. So even though inside these controlled humidors with drawers and stuff like that, the boba will push the humidity into the open spaces, whether it's on the top or the bottom. We just have to provide a path for the humidity to travel. Yeah. So rotating your cigars might be good if you feel like those cigars are being less um, exposed yeah. to humidity. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't, like you said, if your palate can't really tell... I would just tell you to try to put bovida in every single uh, container, drawers, or you know, underneath the top tray, so that you have even distribution of humidity. Exactly, it's all about you know, the air inside has all oh, the humidity has to go to all has to go to all the places, right? If you yes. just block it off. Exactly. And sometimes it comes down to the, how the humidor is constructed. I mean, not all humidors exactly. are constructed well, mm-hmm. so then you might have to rotate. Yeah. You know, but. And it could leak that moisture more, so yeah, you got to put more bulk. Hopefully, up. hopefully you have a good humidor, and you, then mm-hmm. you don't really need to rotate. In my opinion, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm like the least, um, you know, like design-oriented smoker. I store all my cigars in just these big lock-and-lock boxes because yeah. I have many, you know. And I'm right. like my wife, hello, <laughs> she she does not appreciate me having so many cigars, so I'm not allowed to have one of those big stand humidor. I know. Yeah, 
so I just put them like in the closet. Sure. And you can't like, look like the executive that you should be, right? You know, mm, just showcasing well, I didn't, all didn't your cigars. I didn't buy the, <laughs> didn't buy the, the video. So, <laughs> so you got stuck in the box. Down. So yeah, no, because and I just put the boba in there. You know, it's just yep. the the three twenties. Pop the lid on and just usually I store boxes on top of exactly. that. Exactly. Store the cigars in their original box. I do that a lot. 90% of my inventory is in its original box in a Boveda humidor bag with more Boveda in it. That's just the way I do it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. to each their own. Rotate away. Not necessary. Just make sure there's even distribution mm-hmm. of humidity. So yeah. cool, man. All right. If you guys have any more questions, go ahead and hashtag ask Boveda at our social media platforms, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Well, more questions? This, no, we don't question. have any more questions, and okay. we're going to wrap it up because everyone else has got to continue on their path of driving or, you know, stop the, watching the video. Mm. If you're watching the video, this is going to be a good one. This is funny. And we're going to catch Benny's cigar drop. It's hilarious. Mm. Um, but thanks for joining us for Box Press. Benny, thanks for being on the show. Well, really appreciate it. didn't have much of a choice, though. I uh, know it I was didn't. fun. I no, it actually was fun. No, good. I appreciate Against it. Against all odds, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. If you come to Berlin, let me know.